Welcome to the Modern Balance Podcast, where it is all about achieving your work-life balance. Tune in each week as we present the insights and strategies to guide you to live better. Now, here is your host, Mark Law. In this week's episode, we have Amanda Heisick, who began promoting her own products to then becoming a marketing director and is now a copywriting coach. Oh, thanks for having me, Mark. My pleasure. So let's talk about you, Amanda. So what products did you initially sell and what made you promote them? I was living in Asia at the time in Thailand and I was um, really into the entrepreneurial spirit that that country had. So I was starting my own businesses and projects online and I was selling um, mostly clothing um, in an e-commerce environment. and then i was doing all of the writing because i was just the best person for it it was um, me and my my boyfriend at the time he was my business partner so he took care of most of the technical aspect and then i was doing all the writing portion of it and the strategy and i was just writing all the pages all the product descriptions um bringing in clients from like cold emails and getting them on calls and things like that um for any sort of like b2b exchanges Okay. Did you, and, yeah. did you learn any uh, copywriting courses or any strategies I, before you started? Not particularly. Like I kind of had just seen all of this advertising and, and I don't really know what it was, but even when I was little, I just really paid attention to the way that um, words were written. I had this real like fascination with language. I think it probably helped that um, I, I did have wonderful parents and um, they saw that I was really interested in reading from a young age. So by the time I was three, I could read. And nice. then that, yeah, it was, it was really, really a helpful skill to have so early in life, especially when the brain, my brain was still forming. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then um, as by the time I was in grade one, I was already reading at a university level. So really? it was just that whole, yeah, like just the whole world. I was so consumed with it. Like I would go home after school and just read novels and I'd have little flashlights stuck in my pillows. So as soon as my parents went to bed, uh-huh. I would just whip out my flashlight in my book and I'd read all night and then just be exhausted all day at school. But it was just this like fascination with words. And mm-hmm. that also was translated to like the kind of the rhythm or the feeling of different language. Like when I was in a novel, I felt different. When I was in a store and I was reading things, I felt different. And I started to really calibrate that. So, yeah, it was just like a, I don't know what it was. I just feel kind of quite lucky, actually, that I just had this like real fixation on it. So when I was running my own businesses, I just kind of started to feel it out and write. Just because I didn't know it was a thing. Like, I didn't have a word to express what I was doing. I see. I just thought I was writing. And then I happened to, when I was in that house, I was, I had a few roommates when I was running my businesses. And one of them was a copywriter. And I was like, oh, what's that? And she's like, oh, it's where you write for the intent to sell for business. I was like, oh, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, luckily, our paths crossed. I think. I think if I hadn't had the word, then it would have been, it would have changed well, my ability to learn about it quicker. Because then when I had a word, then I could start Googling it and going, oh, this is like an actual thing that you study. Yeah. And then, yeah, so it was just, you know, it's kind of funny how like life gives you the right people at the right time. Oh, that's true. So, yeah. I didn't think, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think copywriting was actually a thing until. I had to start marketing my book. Yeah, isn't it kind of weird? Like, and I don't know. I think I, I think I'll I'll talk to someone like at least once a week. It's like, oh yeah, I just found that that was a thing. Just yeah. found out that copywriting was a was something different. Um, yeah, the term copywriting seems. Hmm, it's not common in the marketing aspect, even. No. And I think it also has this like extra hidden invisibility to it because as soon as the word, as soon as a brain hears the word copywriting, they think of copyright. 
That's so they right. think it has something to do with like law. Because that's what I thought as soon as that woman, um, that my roommate said that. I was like, oh, so you're like a lawyer or something? It's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then it's quite different like, than what people think. Yeah. And the type of person that would be a copyright versus a copywriter is totally different yeah as well so it immediately would say like immediately the people that would hear that word would be turned off by it probably because most that's people want to write law documentation so i think that's why it stays hidden so do you so, think do you think that copywriting is a skill totally yeah um it's a skill uh, because it, it's just got so many facets and components um huh. like it's not just writing like people will go like a lot of people that have written something in their like whether they were good at writing essays they're good at writing poetry they were good at writing short stories creative stories um blog posts when they hear about copywriting they're like oh well i could just jump into that and it's very very different so you like you you have the writing component which is essential you have to be able to communicate the uh true word then you yeah. have to be able to have the layer of psychology so you have to understand the human mind and how what drives people and how they operate and um their pains their insecurities their hopes their dreams their like the whole gamut of who they are is who that they are their essence and how um like different markets react like what is it, like how do you speak to a mass market versus how do you speak to um a niche versus how do you speak to um really like products or to a market that's more geared to growth or um like luxury so then you have to kind of understand that whole part of it as well um and then there's the sales aspect as well hmm that's interesting because copywriting isn't just about the marketing or sales aspect of trying to sell, but also to put that into words. To find someone that has that kind of like, you know, triple threat of all those skills that understands that this is about selling. So how to, how, you know, you need sort of like an entrepreneurial sales mind. Then you need someone that knows how to write, which doesn't always come in hand in hand. Yeah, and then definitely. you need someone. Yeah. Then you need someone that understands psychology and that i think at least in my opinion that not only understands people but has some sort of level of empathy as well mm. and sometimes when you get not all the time of course um, i'm very business-minded but i'm also very high in empathy as well but sometimes those two things conflict too right. like you've got someone that might be triggered for sales but they're not necessarily um wired for um, I want to say human relatability in a way, like where they can tell a story and they can feel someone, someone's psyche and, 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 and want to um, be respectful in how they approach someone. So sometimes yeah. those two are also clashing. So it's not just, you know, like that's the funny thing about writing is that, you know, we kind of know good writing, but then there's also this like invisible magical element you know is underlying of the surface like underneath the words and that's really what you have to know you have to know this invisible language underneath what you're writing yeah to make so, it really effective yeah so it seems like a salesman could just uh, promote and try sell the product to customers whereas copywriting also includes the psychology of trying to cater to the mass market's need such that it could result in the sale is that how yeah. you would perceive copywriting? Yeah, kind of. Not always just with the mass market, because it depends on the product and the market that you're going after. But you have to be able to understand the the market and how and how people react. And sometimes the I, for me, I look at marketing psychology or buying psychology is often understanding that what we believe to be true is often the opposite. And then knowing how to work with the, that opposite, or knowing how to state that opposition um, in a way that is still 
uh, honest, but reflective of how people believe the world is. Yeah. So it seems like uh, for a copywriter to be, to be good, they would have to understand the marketing and the psychological aspects of trying to get the sale. Correct. And they also have to be very self-aware as well. That's because, true. Yeah, because we write who we are. So for, like, for me, for example, um, once I had gotten into, or once I was writing for my own businesses and then I wanted to learn, I went and, and uh, got, a, got a role as a copywriter within a marketing, digital marketing agency. And I got paired with an incredible mentor. Um, he was the owner of the company. And he had made like millions and millions and millions of dollars on copywriting and genius. Um, and when he would be editing my work, like for example, one day he, he, was, he would say something like, you're assuming here. And this, this statement is an assumption. And I was like, oh. And then another day later, he'd be like, this is an assumption. And then the next day, he would be like, this is an assumption. And I was like, oh, you seem to say that a lot. He's like, yeah. Um, he said, usually, I, she, he, I said, do you feel that I assume a lot? And he hmm. said, I'd say about 20% of the time, I find some sort of assumption in your work. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I do that in real life. And then I thought about it. And like, you know, the weeks went on. And I was catching myself making a substantive statement. So you also have to have like a very like astute ability to self-reflect so that you're not saying things that are, uh, you don't want to write yourself into your copy. You want to write for the audience. So you have to also balance that as well, which, mm. is, which is probably one of the most tricky parts for people because self-reflection is difficult for anybody. Like, how do you look at your own face? You can't. You need yeah. a mirror, right? That's correct. So, yeah. Hmm. So writing raises someone's unconscious self-awareness, and that could also oh, refine totally. the way they articulate and find their copyright, essentially. Yeah, very much so. Hmm. Every time I write for a brand, like for me, my, my true belief with... Um, being a copywriter when you're writing for an audience is that you find the trait, you, you understand what the traits are in the market, and then you have to find those traits within yourself. Because if you can find those traits or those experiences or those moments that are actually real, then it allows you to write from a place that's authentic. Um, ah. It's harder to manufacture from a place that you don't have. So... Um, for me, every time I work with a different brand, I become a bigger version of myself. Not even just for like the skill set, but in in who I am as a human being grows. Hmm, that's correct. Yes. So, did you choose a particular niche before you became a marketing director? Um, you mean in terms of like uh, my skill set as a copywriter, I'm, or like in the market? Yeah, in the market, and what products you promoted? Um, when it was my own business, I was more using what I had available to sell. So, and I had grown up um, a lot of time on eBay, watching how women were selling vintage clothing for a lot of money. So oh. for me, it was like, oh, I have availability of the stock, like of the stock here in Asia. So that's what I'll do. Um, so for me, it was more what I had seen and how I had seen someone executed, and then me being like, ah, there's some vintage dresses. I know how that system works, and then selling that. Um, and then when I was running my own businesses, I was really fascinated with neuro-linguistic programming. Um, and when I was ready to go learn in, a, in an environment, like I knew at some when I had run my own businesses for a few years, I was like, mm, you know, like, I think I need to be in an environment where there's people that are a lot smarter than me. So I started poking around on job boards and I ended up finding this job on Samui Island. Um, and they wanted someone that had uh, knowledge of hypnosis and NLP, you know, linguistic programming. 
And I was like, oh, well, I've got the NLP. I don't have the hypnosis, but let's give this a go. I'll submit my, and they wanted a copywriter. So I submitted my portfolio and I ended up getting the role. So um, it was more so me following my interest and yeah. following, or, and then what was what I had seen. But yeah, it was, it was very interest-based for me, I think, and, and access to what I had in my environment as well. Hmm. Yeah, so it seems like copywriting can go very deep into psychology, even to neuroscience and NLP, as you said. Yeah. Um, I was not very knowledgeable about hypnosis in general when I started um, writing copy for this hypnosis brand. And I, it, to me, I just feel like I lucked out because my, what I was doing was I was, getting, um, I was getting mentored by a copywriting and NLP uh, master. Uh-huh. I was consuming content day in and day out to be able to write that copy on hypnosis and NLP, which is all about psychology and how the mind works and, and how to influence people. And all of these like nuances about language patterns and power words and framing and context and oh you name it. So it was just like every single day it was like a like I was just getting just inundated with knowledge in the best possible way. I'd yeah. go home and my brain would be stinging at the end of the day because I I was just being so um just so rewired. Info. Yeah. That's interesting. It sounds like you pretty much were studying a PhD in psychology and neuroscience. Yes. <laughs> it really felt like it. It really did. And also, like, in, in relationship to how to apply it to make money as well. So it was just That's like, true. yeah, it was just like, um, yeah, and I just felt like, man, the universe was really taking care of me, <laughs> getting me <laughs> in that spot. So, yeah, it was, yeah. All right. So as a marketing director, did you also do copywriting? I did, but I usually, once I had gotten to like the director level, there wasn't just enough time in the day for me to be able to um, run all of the digital marketing layers and, and, and hire people and train people and manage people. And um, that, it's just a lot of work. So for me, it was more... Um, I was the copy editor, so I had a team of copywriters that I would hire and train and then manage. Um, and every once in a while, I'd maybe jump in um, if maybe it wasn't quite working or um, we needed to try something different, then I would jump in and do a, a little bit of writing. But by the time I was at the director level, it was pretty much um, I was managing the copywriters. Right. So what traits do you look for when you hire copywriters? Uh, there are uh, the important ones for me are intelligent. Um, you don't have to be a genius, um, but because of you know all of that we've already discussed, like it's it's not something that it does take a lot. It does take a fair amount of brain power. I don't think that you have to be Albert Einstein to do it, but you do have to have some sort of like um, intelligence to be able to execute. Right. Um, so that would be a combination of learning the skill of copywriting and EQ per se? Yeah. It, yeah. And that's another thing that I look for. Like for me, usually when I'm hiring, all the EQ stuff comes first. Um, and then I look for the skill and the actual writing. I look to see if someone's comfortable with selling because that's right. another thing. It's like a lot of, Writers, when they want to pivot to be a copywriter, they'll go, yeah, I want to be a copywriter because there's this perceived glamour with that role. Like, oh, they, they write to sell, they make a lot of money, or they, they make a lot of money, but then a writer will forget that element that makes them high paid is, oh, you have to sell. <laughs> yeah. You've got this inner game with a person that, like, oh, I don't feel comfortable selling. Oh, that sounds so salesy. I don't want to sell to people. I don't like that. It's like, well, the job is to write with the intent to sell. So <laughs> I won't take anyone on that is uncomfortable with selling because it is so difficult to get past 
those mental barriers within someone to train them to become a good copywriter. If they don't like to sell, it's like a no go. Because that's that's a that's a that's all that's tied to all sorts of beliefs that they have about money, um, right. about uh, can be even about their own self worth as well, about asking for more or asking for things. So it's just too it's too um, there's too much. It's like a it's like a cluster of things that I would have to sit and unwind with someone, and people only change if they want to change. Yeah, so that's not like I sit there and hypnotize them into, <laughs> into letting go of all of these negative beliefs so they can sell. I will pick someone that's comfortable with selling and that is good at writing over someone that is not comfortable with selling and says that they're a copywriter and has copywriting experience. Because I know that there's a good chance that their copy does not convert very well and it's going to be too difficult for me to deal with the internal game in order for them to be able to produce results. Right. So there are copywriters that struggle to incentivize the sale. Yeah. Like they'll feel like there's too much pitchiness. Now, of course you can't, like there is a fine line, right? Because some yeah. copywriters are allowed to sell and then they just use like giant caps and it's always about like, <laughs> buy this now, scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. And then it's just like, oh, this is awful. So um you but it's more so i find it with people that are wanting to get into copywriting or yeah. they're like i'm a good writer so i can pivot into this career Not I that's more common where i find it mm. um but i always make sure i look for it even when someone comes as a copywriter because you, you know like and i don't i don't have any negative feelings toward this but you can call yourself anything right that's true. You know, believe who you are or like believe what you can do and then, you know, or like the fake it till you'll make kind of thing. I don't necessarily think that, that that's the most awful thing because when I was just starting out in business, I called myself an entrepreneur. Yeah, I wasn't making any money, <laughs> but I needed to say that to myself so that I would live up to the expectation that I had set. Yeah, that's an interesting psychological perspective to have. I don't believe that necessarily saying that if someone, if someone tells me that they're a copywriter, I, al I also keep in the back of my head that this may be their first rodeo because they're interested in the job, which I don't discount because I go, good on you, you're, you're going out there, you're trying to make your, a name for yourself, you're trying a new profession. Um, and everyone's a beginner. So I don't think that someone's experience necessarily is going to dictate their um, Capa like their capacity that's they're, they're totally two different things right someone's Definitely. capacity to be good at something is is not related to how much experience they have you can have a copywriter that's been doing it for 12 years can't wait can't convert diddly squat but you know someone that's just starting out might have a, a true knack for it because they're they worked at their mom's bakery when they were a kid and they heard her and how she would like sell things and how she would like get people to buy a dozen instead of two cookies so you hmm. just have to like yeah you just have to like be for me i really just want to look at who the person is and i try to assess the skills that they have or the life experience that may have led them to be good at this um huh. of course like depends on like the budget as well too right um if you know you're hiring the junior a copywriter that budget is going to be lower so i'm more likely to kind of do more investigation with that person versus someone like if we're looking for a senior copywriter well that's a different kind of worm i would want to look for someone that had experience because that position then demands it are there also any specific traits you look for when hiring i'll sure that there's like a team player element to them because um like it's not totally true but there can be a reclusive nature with writers um because they're very, very introspective so um the worst thing you can do is put a copywriter in a team environment that doesn't want to work with anyone and then their messaging is disconjointed with everything else that's going on and you know everyone on the team is like ready to murder them every time you get on a zoom call <laughs> well <laughs> you're yes. not gonna have a very right. well functioning so Unit. Yeah. So it causes like cognitive dissonance between the team and also the product itself. Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, so it's just, it's to me, um, but I'm, I, I tend to be like, I, I, before I was in business, I was a teacher and I was, I was taught on the constructivist teaching method, um, which is um, the student directs their own learning and then you're supposed to facilitate their growth um, instead, of, instead of the old school method of like being the dictator and then telling them what the information is and telling yeah, them what to do. Yeah. So for me, that skill and that, that mentality transferred over in how I managed marketing teams as well. So um, I like to have this ecosystem where the team is the driver and I'm just kind of there to facilitate the, their natural skills and talents and just watch them soar. For me, that's, that is the way that I like to have teams. So like, that's the one thing that I'm very, very strict on is as soon as a copywriter, like before a copywriter comes in, that's the one thing that I'm very like hard nosed about. And I'm pretty much not hard nosed about anything else. But I say, if, if you are, if you, if I don't see teamwork, that's the end of the road. There is, there's no, there's no, you've broken the commitment that you've made by taking this job. If I don't see teamwork and I have let people go because of that, because it's just too impossible too impossible trying to create this like marketing cohesion and there's like one like rogue wagon wheel it just won't <laughs> won't, won't go with the rest of the wagon so and then the last thing i look for skill in writing so really it's like a very internal um assessment of the traits that i'm looking for and then i will make sure of course that they can actually write something it doesn't have to be copywriting necessarily. But if, they're, if they can communicate clearly through their writing, then I know that I, and they have psychology and skill, it's easy for me to connect the dots for them and have their psychology come out in the ways that they write copy. Right. So in order for someone to become a good copywriter, requires to understand the expertise of selling and expressing that in words so that they're able to convert it into sales while also being able to work in a team environment. Correct. Yeah. I trained this one copywriter. So clever. Such a clever girl. Um, she worked on like a campaign for Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that. Right. Like a marketing campaign. And she was just starting out as a copywriter. And she just like, it was, it was so easy. So easy. She just jumped right in and it just, there was just like a, like just a few months of tweaking and test and um, like showing her like different structures and pointing out different things and helping her with like, you know, the blind spots that everyone has when they're, especially when they're starting out as copy, like the self inner game. And it was like, wow. And yeah, she's, she, she does it um, as a full-time career. She's been doing it for, I don't think she actually works full, full hour, full-time hours, though, but that is her main job. And um, she's got, um, She's got gigs and she, she wanted to like have a, a gig that would help her travel around the world. Yeah. So she does like a lot of traveling, not at the moment, obviously with um, world events, but um, yeah, that was kind of her goal was to transition into something that she could be more mobile. Right. So what happens if you don't have a background in marketing or sales or psychology? Have you experienced the uh, people that have, came from different backgrounds and have also been a good fit as a copywriter? Yeah, like I don't think that you necessarily have to study psychology. I think you just have to be an astute human. Like, you know, like you just gotta, like if you have emotional intelligence, like if, if you've watched human dynamics and you can understand like these pulls and tugs of human like behavior, um, emotionally intelligent people can do well um no it's not like i i don't have a psychology degree or anything i was just really fascinated with um learning about the human mind so and and you and not through like really scientific journals or anything like it was you know hypnosis is like not um a very traditional avenue to learn about the human mind or nlp even isn't that traditional it's a little bit more common but um, yeah, like, I think, like, someone that has, like, with that example before, like, if you were a kid and you hung out a lot and your parents 
like restaurant or bakery or something or you know you had like a parent that was in sales and you they would chat about things to do with work and things like that i think i think that can help um like for me my mother was very is very um she was always in like high level um managerial positions right and she would talk to me a lot about when i was growing up about things that like her employees would do that would drive her crazy or like skills that she really appreciated in certain people and you know just and then of course how she interacted with me and my brother sometimes was a very like managerial style so she would like you know set things like lists out for the day and like get us to do like check-ins and like see where our progress was so there was certain like skills that i that i then naturally had that i was easily applied as a marketing director so that's where for me interviewing my copywriters is so important like on a call because I want to be able to find out who they are as a person yeah, and like dig into some of these things that they might not even be aware that would possibly make them good at what they do. Hmm. That's interesting because a lot of roles, they require a specific degree or experience whereas copywriting can be learned. And if you have the right level of emotional intelligence, then you could also be a good fit. Yeah, from like I guess I it also comes down to a bit of my um philosophy in life. Like I I am much more of a doer than a learner. And and I guess that it's not totally an accurate statement because I love, love, love to learn and I'll just devour learning left, right, and center. But for me, like doing any sort of traditional degree, I I couldn't do it and, and I was just melting away in school. Like I I was just miserable. Like in a traditional schooling environment, I just couldn't handle it. And, I, and the same thing with just thinking about committing to a four-year degree, I couldn't do it. For me, I'm not wired that way. So I had to, as soon as I was you know, able to, I moved overseas, I got into business right away and I said, no, I, I can figure it out, I can do it. And I think that um, with a lot of roles, I just, a lot of jobs and roles, like, of course, you don't want a brain surgeon to do that. I'll be like, oh, I'm sure once I get in there, I'll figure it out. That's not how it works. But with, I think with so many things, just in life in general, we just discount a human's capacity to figure it out if they're motivated and if they're bright and if they're curious. So that's true. Yeah, for me, I just, I just always try to approach hiring like that as well, because for I, I know what it felt like when I had zero experience as like a. 18 or 19 year old i started applying a job i think at like 16 or 17 and i remember just feeling like very after some interviews like when they would ask well do you have any experience 16 no but i'm i'm ready to learn i'm motivated i i I can add value here here and here and it's like oh we're looking for someone that has a little bit more life experience like well i've been living for a fair amount of time i think i can i can figure this out like, what is the barrier in terms of what I've done that's going to dictate how well I can perform for you? I think that the person, you have to look at them and say, people have potential. If they show certain attributes, then you put them anywhere and they're going to succeed. Yeah. I find there's a lot of career fields that just set standards and requirements of having a degree. And whether they have experience or show initiative to learn doesn't matter. But in reality, you could just learn those skills in the field. Totally. Like I've seen, like um, I came across this one job posting one day on a site that was advertising. It was like they were asking for a degree to become a secretary. Oh, it's like that these days. And I was like, uh, well, that doesn't necessarily correlate to someone that's very organized. I, like for me, I, I really like hiring mums. Mums are super organized. They have to run their life and the lives of like two or three other human beings. Mm, that's interesting. And, you know, they're so efficient with the time. I, I love hiring moms. Some, yeah. some of the best, most productive, most hardworking employees. And they're usually more about unity as well. Like, that's how true. can this whole thing work out in this unified thing yeah. or this unified kind of function? Um, I, I'm here to create harmony and balance within so everyone can succeed and there can be love in this in this place like we can all bond and be efficient in life so hmm. um yeah i'm i 
for me, I'm very much about looking at the doers instead of looking at the people. Hmm. That's just my approach. Yeah, that's a very good approach from an employer's perspective. Because that way you can see the value of the person rather than just the qualifications or the previous experience they had. Yeah, I, I think, it, I, I think it, it gets better results in general. Um, I agree. Yeah. So how do you find the current trend in copywriting? Do you think that there will be an increase in the need for the service? Uh, I can definitely say a benefit that came out of all of these lockdowns that we're going through right now is that it really set up people's um, uh, movement towards online, but it also helped to really break down uh, those old school mentalities because there was, there's no, there was no more excuses to do it. Like, it just had to be done. Like, right. for example, like, um, I've run a, 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 I ran a remote team of, like, seven people in the Philippines connecting to, like, a dozen employees in, the, in Australia headquarters, and I'm in Canada. All hmm. remote. Right. So like, you're... So, you're specifically focusing on the marketing aspect here? Well, even just like that, those teams um, included copywriters as well. But yeah, like whole marketing. I ran that remote for like, you know, three, four years. So how, and then, you know, like I would maybe like see an interesting project come up across, like um, out in the internet and I apply for it. And then I would get rejections back going, oh, well, if you're not in the office, then we don't want hmm. or like we we have a strict like no remote worker policy or we don't you know like it's this whole thing of like this like you know and there's there's still quite a few offices that i think less now but before yeah. it was like very this like it was still this prevalent stigma of like we don't hire people from different countries we don't we need to make sure that you're in-house, like we only work with in-house people, like how, you know, and this is whole like underlying suspicion of like, or like lack of understanding as well about like how are we supposed to know if work can get done? Yeah. If we can't see you <laughs> in your desk. With, um, with copywriting, um, that's only going to help more because, well, I guess, in terms of people that might be looking for a freelance or remote working or like flexibility so they can travel where they write. Now you'll probably see a lot more. Well, I, I've definitely seen a lot more and I'm sure we will continue to see a lot more um, positions where people will hire expertise and they're not necessarily going to be so hell bent on you being in the city. <laughs> yeah. It's going to open you up to this whole another level of um, market that that you could be exploring instead of just, well, I have to look for copywriting jobs, you know, yeah. in, you know, this area of the city, because that's where I live and I don't want to commute every day, like mm. a really long every day, definitely helped. And then, of course, along with that first specifically for copywriters, everyone has to move to online now. Like they have to have some sort of online, like more, like they've had to sort of build some sort of online presence. You know, like restaurants have, start, have to start setting up themselves on, um, Sites where they can deliver, yeah, or online booking, or you know, all of these things, or um, businesses that only had that were waiting for crossing on that funnel that they thought would be a good thing to test and try. Well, they had to get giddy up on it. So I think really a lot of this, these lockdowns, have kind of accelerated this growth of uh, e-commerce. Yeah, I agree. Or e-commerce and all of these sort of online activities. So. Of course, any pretty much anything you do online, you need words. And if it's for business, hiring a copywriter makes a lot of sense. So it seems like there's been an increase in traditional businesses using e-marketing strategies in order to improve their online presence. Yeah, that's that's what a lot of the data is showing. Is that um, it, it's just going to continue to grow now because um, now people are looking at not only are they looking at internet marketing as the way of the future which is a positive aspect. They're looking at it as the way to, um, as, a, as a backup plan, almost like they're, they're like safety bunker. 
you know, like, okay, well, we need, we need to make sure that we can be online because if, if things go awry again, then we don't want to be in a situation where we can't do commerce. We need, we need, or we can't, we can't do business. We need to be up on these platforms. We need to make sure that we have avenues that we can still make money. All right. So from your experience as a marketing director, how important is copywriting in terms of the marketing aspect of e-commerce sites? I, I, I think it always comes down to the, the brand that you're working with, the company that you're working with. But um, like with any sort of profession, depending on the environment you go into, it's going to dictate how important something is. Yeah. <laughs> so like um, for some of the, like sometimes, um, you know, I've worked with clients before that um, they more so want to uh, have me write to support their own biases about how the world works or how marketing works or how writing should be versus um, like, you know, listening to what my expertise is and then taking my advice based on what I've seen is working and that sort of thing. So, for example, like I find it, it can be quite common in e-commerce because they want to rely a lot on imagery and pictures, um, which doesn't tend to work very well in sales. So usually like um, you'll just get like this department, like the artsy, artsy department, just in the outdoor about like, there's too many words. I can't make it beautiful. I can't make the pages pretty. It's like, it's distracting. It's crowding in my image. And I'm, you know, like we've got to cut that image out because it's in the way of the message. Like it's not going to convert very well. And that like a lot of like, um, of like templates and stuff, like online template design templates and things like that. They're not built for conversions. They're built for beauty because people think that beauty is what converts and it actually uglier the page and because there's more writing on it they tend to convert the best so hmm. you know it's like and it's it, it can be a counterintuitive exactly but and that's the that's the the real psychology of something that like um marketing is really about learning about the things that you think are the truth and then actually realizing that a lot of them are opposite and mm -hmm. and the pretty pages is like one of the one of the biggest ones that a lot of copywriters will have to go into battle about because <laughs> yeah. you know they want to be like this page has to be white background and black writing people are like oh no but it's flashing and we want to have like you know like a pretty color on the back and then we want to mm -hmm. make sure that we're breaking it up on colors like no you're disturbing the flow of the piece and they're going to most like they, they won't captivate them all the way down the page like there's the, all of these things that as a copywriter you're supposed to be um, preserving and then you know fancy dance design comes in and chops it all up and moves it all different places and there's no flow i think i think that also has kind of been spurred a lot by kind of a lot of the rise in, in lifestyle marketing now, I definitely. What do you mean by lifestyle believe, marketing? Um, any sort of thing that's like very Instagrammy kind of thing, like um, uh -huh. you've just got like a beautiful picture and then like a cute quote, and then that's kind of like the style of marketing that maybe like an e-commerce brand will want to stick with. That does work well, but it doesn't always work well on its own. For me, I always want to try to create a balance of like. Um, an e-com like a bit of lifestyle marketing um then you've got to approach it like you've got a bit of story-based marketing in there and then you want to make sure that you have good direct response copywriting too because you need to convert people to sale you can't just get their attention with beautiful photos you, you need to be able to make money so um i think right now a, a trend is to rely too much on beauty and not enough on the things that you say yeah and at the end of the day, it's the copywriting that ends with the sale that determines whether it's successful or not, whether it's beautiful exactly. or not. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And you, you do, like, I've definitely gone head to head with, with people and organizations before where they go, there's too many words. I need you to cut down the words. It's like, but then we've said nothing. <laughs> and if we say nothing, it won't work and you won't make money. <laughs> so why are we here? <laughs> So I think that also is a good um, thing for copywriters to remember is that sometimes you do have to defend things that you know from your knowledge of psychology that are right and then yeah. be able to 
support that in an environment that that the world so clearly like on the surface supports the opposing like you almost look like a fool to argue it you know yeah like where you're going that's not how the world actually works like of course it is look at all this stuff everyone's doing this all these brands are using beautiful photos all these things they're using people are using these things it's like yeah but you don't have you're not privy to their sales numbers yeah i think and those yeah. those business people they focus more on the brand positioning rather than the marketing and sales side yeah yeah and and usually those two departments i think from the dawn of time go to head head with each other yeah you know, that's right how much branding do you do versus how much marketing and sales do you do so so for the audience who are looking to become copywriters where can they find you uh the best place to find me is um in my private facebook group um so the group's name is called how to write brilliant copy and i i uh in that group i share um strategies and training videos on how to write brilliant copy from the psychology and the skills perspective so it's both it's both of it's covered and then i also um i also help you with the business aspect of it as well so giving you strategies and tips on how to um, gain more clients or um grow your portfolio and uh, i try to keep you as abreast on different changes as well in the market that might affect you um i tend to focus more on the digital marketing aspect or like copywriters within a digital marketing um environment um but sometimes i do cover like things like um direct response like long form sales letters that are mailed like direct mail strategies um and that sort of thing but um that's really the place where i share all of my training videos and it's all free um wow. i do also have a mentorship program as well so i work with copywriters through over the course of several weeks to train them on specific skills as well and then by the end of it they'll be 99% ahead in terms of the psychology and the skills that most copywriters out there will have Hmm. Yeah, a lot of copywriters, I don't think they would focus too much on the deep psychology aspect, but just rather focus on trying to get the sale. Yeah, like all of the psychology that I share is how I, I don't just necessarily explore the brain to explore the brain's sake. It's for, <laughs> yeah, this is how the brain, or this is how someone is going to function. These are like the the triggers of the human mind and then this is how you use them to write so it's really bridging that gap between someone just writing something and they think that it will convert and it sounds salesy versus understanding the um underlying psychology to write it better so it will actually convert so it's just the knowledge of the psychology to apply in the copywriting and that converts to the sale yes correct it's all about, for me, it's about the doing. So I always like to make sure that the knowledge that I share, there's some sort of ability for you to implement it. It seems like you're offering a lot of value to potential clients. I definitely go uh, above and beyond to make sure that people have what they need. Um, and that's, that's because I remember how difficult it was for me when I was first starting out. Right. Um, I, it was, I, I wrote by myself for about two years and I remember long nights <laughs> and very frustrating, very frustrating moments where I was just at my wits end going, I don't get why what I've written isn't working. Hmm. And just, it was, it was a very uh, difficult two years. And then when I actually was working with a mentor, I couldn't believe how much more I had learned in a few short months over how right. much I had, I, I had um, gained or how far I had come on my own. I think we always have to respect the progress that we make, you know, just on grit. But um, if, I can, if I can make that process easier for anyone so they don't have to spend two years fighting to get 
marginal result versus if they can spend a few months with me um, and get exceptional results. Um, for me, I've won. It seems like you're very dedicated towards improving the copywriting process for others. I looked at to see what gave me the most fulfillment when I was ready for something new. And I went, oh, you know what? The most fulfillment I ever got from the work that I've done over the past 13 years is watching a copywriter succeed. Hmm. It is so cool to be able to have this person have this skill yeah. that gives them total freedom. They can write from wherever they want. They can, they can adjust for their own like workflow a lot in a lot of jobs as well. You know, like maybe if you're a night writer, you write at night and then you hand in your projects. You don't have to be confined to this like, I need you to be productive at nine o'clock till five o'clock. Copywriting is a skill a lot of people need and you can take it anywhere you go. Yeah, I find copywriting's quite underrated, especially in the marketing component. It can be. Uh, it definitely can be. Um, I think it's because a lot of people view copywriters as writers. Like, they kind of go, all writing is writing. So, um, if we're going to pay a blog writer this much money, then we want to pay a copywriter this much money because they're a writer. Yeah, but they but forget that yeah, copywriting actually converts to the sale also. Exactly. You're hiring a money generator. You're not yeah, hiring right. an, a person that entertains, which of course we all still need some level of entertainment in our lives, but um, it's a lot harder to make money off of like, you know, a, a writing that entertains versus in a business sense anyways. If you're an amazing scriptwriter in Hollywood, I'm sure they make a lot of money. But, you know, um, if you're writing to entertain in a business, you're not going to be generating the type of money that um, a copywriter is. Yeah, I agree. It's been a pleasure having you on here, Amanda. Yeah, well, thank you. That was um, uh, really wonderful to have a discussion with you on this. I hope from this episode, they're able to obtain new knowledge on the opportunities available in e-marketing and copywriting so that you are able to refine your work-life balance.